Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. In 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 2, that's our scripture that we'll use. We'll begin a study here on spiritual growth and development. Our Father, we thank you for your word this evening. We thank you that you have swore by your own self that what you have spoken is the truth. You'll not withhold any good thing from us that love you. Your word you will carry out. You watch over it to perform it. We thank you that you'll not alter one word of your covenant, nor the thing that's left your lips. And Father, that's why we can rejoice tonight for this privilege of studying your holy, everlasting, ever-living word. We thank you for it. I thank you for receptive ears. I thank you, dear Father God, that every mind is open, every ear is attentive. I thank you every heart is receptive. In Jesus' name, we will be doers of this word and will be transformed by your spirit. Amen. In 1 Peter 2.2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Did you ever stop and ask yourself, just who is it that needs milk? Just who is it that needs milk? Remember over there in 1 Corinthians, the third chapter, where Paul talked to them carnal believers and said to them, I cannot speak unto you as spiritual, but only as unto carnal, as the babes in Christ. I can't feed you with meat, only with milk. For you're not able to bear it. And neither yet now are you able. So I can't speak unto you concerning the meat of the word. I only can give you the milk. Well then, who are those that have need of milk of the Word? I think we can classify them in three categories. Number one, as this scripture declares to us, as newborn babes. Isn't that so precious? As newborn babes. See, it, it, it's wonderful, it's beautiful to stop and think about the fact that the Father gave birth to us. He gave birth to us. We are his very own. But every baby needs the bottle, the milk, so that it can be nurtured, so it can be strong, so it can grow up. Although it's created perfect, although it's made perfect, it still has the need to mature and to grow. Amen? And here we see Peter likening it to a newborn babe in Christ who has the need of the genuine milk of the word that he or she may grow thereby, inferring to us that if we don't have that milk of the word, then our spiritual growth will be hindered. So we can say then that babies, true, bona fide, baby Christians, must partake of the milk of the word in order to grow thereby. And of course, the milk of the word is outlined in Hebrews tells us what the milk of the word is, which we may look at that, I don't know, as we're led. But that's class number one. That we can classify also another group that have need of milk. Paul, there writing to that church at Corinth, called them carnal believers as babes in Christ, saying, you, I can only feed you with milk, not with meat. So they have need of milk. It's necessary that they have milk to grow out of their carnality. Now, notice something. They were full of the Holy Ghost. They spoke with other tongues. They were probably likened to some of our, you know, more wild Pentecostal bunches of today. Charismatics or charismaniacs, whichever way you want to say it. <laughs> you know, whatever you want to say. But I mean, you know, that's easy to get caught up into that. Having a zeal for God, but not without, you know, but not according to knowledge. 
Because that's how they were, see? They were overzealous for spiritual gifts. And uh, they thought that just being operating in gifts, just operating in gifts, would mean that they were some spiritual people. But Paul put them in their place and says, I'm sorry that I had to write you such a harsh letter. He says, but I want you to know something. Although you come behind in no gift, although you, especially in utterance gifts, although the, the gifts are prevalent in your church, he said in my own translation, he says, you're the biggest backslidden buzzards I ever saw. That's in my own language, of course. Paul didn't say that. Amen? That's what he said, actually. Then they were. They were walking in carnality. As a matter of fact, he says, you're walking as mere men. Like the unregenerate man. You're walking carnal. You are walking like the natural man. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine somebody being endued with power from on high? Can you imagine somebody being born of God? Can you imagine somebody having the great Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you, walking like a mere man? Sad. Sure it is. So number two, those that are carnal, how are they going to get out of it? By giving them the meat? Nope. He said, you weren't able to bear it the first time I spoke to you. And you're still not able to bear it. So he's going to give them a little blue jaw. Amen. A little bit of milk so that they can grow up. Now, there's also another group found in Hebrews, the sixth chapter. Our first group is bona fide baby Christians. Our second group, those that need to be taught once again the first principles of the oracles of God. Let's find that in Hebrews 5.12. Second group is found in Hebrews 5.12. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers... You have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of what? And not of what? See, you just can't put the meat out there and think that everybody's just going to get a hold of it. I mean, the scripture clearly states it right here. You have need of milk, not strong meat. Those that need to be once again taught the first principles of the oracles of God, they have need of milk, not strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He is a babe. Isn't that something? For when the time they ought to have been what? Teachers. Oh. Actually, it's a sad thing to purport such a thing. It's a sad thing to realize that... I mean, you know, you, you sit and hear it and you think about it, but you don't know how sad it is. Well, you just take a little baby. You take a little baby that should be teaching high school. And still, they're walking around on the bottom. You take a child that's never grown up physically or mentally. Fifteen years old, still carried around in a bassinet. That's pitiful, isn't it? Your heart is just, you know, open to that kind of person. But nobody seems to mind the spiritual carnal person in the spirit realm, the carnal person, the spiritual babe. Realizing that they have a need, if they're a genuine, bona fide baby, or if they're carnal, they need the milk so that they can grow up. See, they can't stand the strong meat. I mean, is that what he said? You have need of milk and not meat? Isn't that what he told the Corinthian church? And that's out of the mouth of two or three witnesses? Didn't he say over there that I can only feed you with milk, not with meat, so that you can grow? That's two, that's two witnesses right there, which is really sufficient to call it, you know, right. That's Bible proof right there. Now, here he goes on to say the third person or third class of people that have need of milk. And really, this is the worst state to be in. And the reason why I'm giving you this is so that you can locate yourself and then begin to grow out of it. 
You know, sometimes once we find ourselves and locate ourselves, it's easier to pick up and go on. See? And that's why I tried to say before, people get a wrong idea of Pentecostal people because they just got this idea of a wild bunch of people that's just talking in tongues all the time that are not growing up in the fruit of the Spirit. And it's sad to say, but in most cases it's true. But, beloved, just because you talk in tongues does not mean you've grown up. And just because you prophesy in church doesn't mean you've grown up or speak in tongues in church. You've not grown up. doesn't mean you've grown up. But I tell you what, when you start speaking the truth in love and walking in love and forgiveness and putting on the things that Peter called growth, which we'll get to, then you're growing up into Christ in all things. Now here, we find out that it's the perpetual baby, or we could say babyhood perpetuated. See, when you find yourself classified in this category, babyhood perpetuated, you fall right here. Verse 1, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Now, the third class is those that have taken up their residency in the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And they live in them. They're satisfied. They are complacent. I've been baptized in water. I'm born again. I may even be filled with the Holy Ghost, but I'm baptized in water. I'm satisfied with my experience. I've had hands laid upon me, and I've been healed once or twice. And that's all I'm concerned about. I know I'm going to heaven. And so they've taken up their residency in these first principles of the oracles of God, and they stay there and don't grow and perfect love in their lives whereby they can mature and grow up in Him in all things. So that's another class of people. And if they don't watch out, they will remain a baby Christian forever. Actually, you'd be carnal. But it's really perpetuating babyhood. The babyhood stage of Christianity. Now, there are some things, you know, we can keep them characteristics of that child, like being very innocent and, and keeping that first love and walking in that instant forgiveness. But it comes, there comes a time, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But when I grew up, I began to speak as a man. And in understanding I'm not as a child, I've become to understand like a man. I put away childish things and I've grown up, you know, to start to operate in the things of manhood. And that's what God wants for us. So we can see here very quickly that there are three, really, categories of people that need milk. The baby... The bona fide baby Christian needs milk. And also, the carnal believer needs milk. And also, those that are really walking in perpetuated babyhood, they've got to have milk so they can start growing. You've got to get back and start to teach them these fundamental principles. And showing them, Peter called it like this. He says, you've forgotten that you were purged of your own sins, of your old sins. See? So that you can... Start to build upon the foundation. Now, on the other hand, and we'll just do this just for a minute, because we're going to make a comparison and a contrast. I've been wanting to do this for a long time, and I believe this is the time to do it because we've been led this way. There are those that have decided to go on with God, and we call them the meat eaters. Any of you out there like steak dinners? How many meat eaters we got out there? I want to eat that good old snake. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. I don't want to stay on the bottle. I don't want to hang around the crib. Amen? How about you? I don't want to hang around that place. I want to get out of that bassinet. Playpen. Get off that old bottle. Get off that blue john. And get on to some good old meat of the Word of God. Amen? Bacon and eggs and orange juice. Hallelujah. <laughs> Big Mac. <laughs> Amen. That's man food. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, glory be to Jesus. Well, who are those meat eaters? Well, I believe it says it right there. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to perfection. There's a meat eater right there. How many of you have left these principles and said, I'm going on to perfection? Put up that hand high if you're doing it. Glory be to Jesus. I'm going on to perfection. Get out them steak knives then. Get ready, see? Because we're going to give you a few right here. Well, those 
are the people that have left the principles and they have begun to build a foundation upon that foundation gold and silver and precious stones. Go to 1 Corinthians 3. You're going to love this. Paul said in that beginning of that chapter 3, he said, I can't speak unto as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as babes in Christ. Because you're still wallowing around in this strife, envy, and division, and uh, backbiting, and all this kind of talking, and all this sensual, earthly, and devilish wisdom. Over there, found in the third chapter of the book of James. He said, I can't even begin to speak unto you as unto spiritual. You're still arguing over the Bible. You're still trying to find out who's right. Tongues is of the devil. This is, oh, I mean to tell you something right now. Healing, come, you know, is of the devil. Someone gets healed and people say the devil's doing it. Isn't that something that, you know, these little kids got to be tossed to and fro in such a way that they think that God is doing the, putting the sick on and the devil's doing the healing? I'm, I mean, I've heard it I've said. I've heard it said. I said to me, <laughs> myself, is it was the devil that healed that person. I mean, a Christian individual said that. But God made him sick for a reason. But if they got healed, it was the devil that did it. I mean, that's as far off as you can get. It's easy to understand that God is the one doing the healing. And, you know, Jesus even said that it's, it's suppression from the devil. See, and I don't even know how people get stuck in that and caught up in that. I mean, I begin to grow out of that. I got to a place that I don't even think like that anymore. Matter of fact, when somebody even mentions that to me, I say, I didn't, I didn't even think that anybody still believed like that. I really didn't. I really thought everybody, everybody knew that God didn't do anything like that. But praise God, we're going to teach them. Amen. And uh, you get into a place that you need to be the teacher, see, to teach these people concerning these principles. Well, look over here in uh, verse 10, third chapter. He just got done talking to them about their carnality. And now he goes and says something that I think we should understand. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder. I like that. A wise master builder. I have laid the foundation. Now see, both, both the, the babe and the meat eater, they both have laid a foundation. That is Christ, the rock of their salvation. They're both saved. They both love the Lord. They are founded upon a rock. But now notice here. He said, I'm a wise master builder. Now the unwise master builder is the one that builds upon foolishness. The foolishness of sense knowledge. The foolishness of earthly, sensual, and devilish wisdom. And so his structure never gets built. See? But over here we find out that you can be a wise master builder. I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now see, here's where growth comes in. For other foundation can no man lay than is, that is laid, that is Christ Jesus, or Jesus Christ. Which we all know. But you see, the, the baby and the carnal and the perpetual baby, they are staying at the foundation principles. The fundamental principles of the doctrines of Christ. The first oracles. They may even have been filled with the Holy Ghost. It doesn't matter. Some may have not have been filled with the Holy Ghost. But still, that's where they live their life. They never get beyond that babyhood stage. But here, he's saying, you can build upon that foundation. And the meat eater is the individual that has left the, the fundamental principles, the first oracles, and he has began to build upon his foundation a superstructure, a strong tower, a mighty force, a mighty building, whereby the wicked one can't destroy it through all the, you know, forces of darkness around us. Now, notice here. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Now, note that gold, silver, and precious stones will not burn. But wood, hay, and stubble will. And Peter said, Think it not strange that your faith will be tried as of by fire. 
And when the tests, the fiery trials and tests of life come your way, when you begin to build your superstructure, if you're not growing in godly wisdom, and you begin to lay a found upon that foundation, wood, hay, and stubble, it's going to burn right up. Everything will be burned up. But he goes on to say here, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's works of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. I don't want to stand there with everything I've done in this life burned away from me, stand there naked before my Lord. But I want to go there building upon my foundation gold, silver, and precious stones. See? Growing up, leaving them first oracles and the first principles, and building upon the foundation of Christ a superstructure that cannot be destroyed by fire. Now, it's very important that we begin to see some of the characteristics or some of the marks of the person or the individual that is being complete in Christ or the individual that's incomplete in Christ. We can call them marks of perfection or marks of imperfection. See, in that way, when you begin to see the two, you can, you know, analyze it, check it out, locate yourself, see where you're at, find out where you're, you're at on the chart. And then when you do, you can find out whether you're building upon wood, hay, and stubble. Or you're building upon your foundation, silver, gold, silver, and precious stones. Before I go on to this, though, this make this point, please turn with me to 2 Timothy, the second chapter. Now, notice he said every man's got to watch how he builds upon that foundation. Right? And let's note this. Verse 19. Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure. Now, you make sure you underline that and follow what I'm saying to you. The foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his... And let every one that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Now there's your two structures. I'm building my house out of gold and silver. I don't want to build upon this foundation wood, earthly things. I mean, the three little pigs had more sense than that. Amen? They did. One of them did anyhow. You know, he at least used a brick. You know, wood and straw. Just, just storms of life just come and just knock them right on over. Got any big bad wolves out there? Amen? But now I want you to see something in connection with what I'm saying here, how all this is tying in together. You note this? The foundation. How you build upon that foundation. What you are building upon that foundation but in God's house, there are, oh, there are two, two kinds of vessels. Vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. I don't want to walk in dishonor. I want to walk in honor. If a man therefore purge himself. See, God's not going to do this for you. You've got to purge yourself of these things. He shall be a vessel of what? I want to be a vessel of honor. Sanctified meat for the master's youth. That's exactly what Paul prayed that... that Remember he said he's made you able, meet to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in life. Sanctified meat for the master's use and prepared unto every good work, desiring that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will so that we can walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. That's what he's saying here. Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. If you'll follow that, you're following the vessel of honor. And he goes on to say, but foolish and unlearned questions avoid. See, the, Jesus talked about the man that the foolish man that built his house upon sand. Okay. Knowing that they do gender strives. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be patient unto all men apt to teach. 
gentle in all men, apt to teach and patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God eventually will give them repentance for the knowledge of the truth, and that he, they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. In other words, that's what he was talking about. Those Corinthian bunch, they were building themselves houses, vessels of dishonor. Because all they did was backbite, talk about each other, jealousy, strife, envy, and division. And he's saying, these kind of people, when they get to heaven, all their works will be burned away because they did it for their own glory. They didn't know how to build upon their foundation. Remember something. God did the work of laying the foundation. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and the apostles also part of that foundation. He says, now you've got to take heed as to how you build your superstructure on that foundation. And Jesus talked about he that does these things of mine is a wise man that built his house upon a rock. And he built that house in such a way that it could not fall. Now the worst kind of foundation you could lay for yourself is envy, strife, division, talking, evil speaking, guile. And we're going to see how this is part of the characteristics of the immature Christian or the incomplete Christian or the imperfect Christian. Whereas opposed to the perfect one is just the opposite, which we'll see here in a minute. Now, you need to uh, make note of this. Maybe just write it down, some marks of incompleteness. Mark it down like that. If you're taking notes, marks of incompleteness. And the first one you find is in James, the, first cha the third chapter in verse 1. James, the third chapter in verse 1. Imperfection or incompleteness, whichever you want to say. Immaturity, any way you want to say it, you can say it. And then we're going to give you some marks of maturity. Completeness, being mature. Marks of, perf you know, perfectness, being perfect. Here's where you can locate yourself and find out if you're building upon your foundation like you should be. Now here, my brother, chapter 3, verse 1. Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. Is a what? Well, I believe it's very easy to say then that he that offends in word is an imperfect man. Couldn't you say that? So write this down. Mark of incompleteness or a mark of imperfection is a person that has poor control over his words spoken. Poor control over his words. He speaks hastily and he often offends people when he speaks. He speaks hastily and he often offends people when he speaks. That is a sure sign of incompleteness. You're not growing up in maturity. You're not growing up in the hymn. If any man offend not in word... The same as a perfect or complete man or a mature man. So on this first side here, incompleteness is one who does not have any control over his words. He does not control the words that he speaks. What was a sign of spiritual growth? Speaking the truth in love growing up. Or speaking the word in love growing up into him in all things. So the individual that doesn't have any control over his words. And I'm not just talking, like I said, about someone who's filled with the Holy Ghost and they can speak with other tongues. Because there are a lot of those people that are filled with the Holy Ghost speak with other tongues. They haven't begun to learn about speaking the truth in love. And they'll talk about you behind your back. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm saying this because the Spirit of God is putting so much emphasis on this. It's just draw drawing it right out of me. When I talked about Proverbs, the sixth chapter... Where it talks about the seven things, six things that God hates, and the seventh one being abomination. The seventh one was not murder. One of those other ones in there were murder. But the seventh one was he that soweth discord among the brethren. How many of you want to look up and say, Abba Father, and he says an abomination? Your mouth is an open sepulcher. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Man, I want to have abundance of love. I want my words to be soaked, dripping in love. Does that mean there's no room for growth? Absolutely not. We all have to grow. 
I thank God that He doesn't expect me to act older than a six and a half year old Christian. I thank God that He doesn't expect me to act older than that. But when I become seven years old, He expects me to act like a... When you get the light of this, it's His desire that you begin to walk in the light of it. Practice not sowing discord. Practice speaking only good things about your brothers and sisters. Now, the person that's going to be a mature Christian, he's... Look at this. The same as a perfect man. If any man offend not in word. Mark that down. Marks of completeness or marks of perfection, whichever you want to say it. Marks of maturity. You have good control over your words or over your speech. You don't offend in your word. You don't offend in your word. Let's take a look at Acts, the 24th chapter, very quickly. You do not offend man. You do not offend God with your words. If we had time to teach that third chapter of the book of James, I've taught it before, but I like to go... Every time I get near that chapter, I just love to just expound on that chapter because that third chapter is so filled with good things. But this is so important to, to realize that the perfect Christian, the man that... The word perfect means complete or mature. Complete. Not striving towards completeness, but complete. You can actually be complete in Christ if you'll, be, if you'll learn this principle and, and really act on it. The reason why is because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And in your heart is Christ. All the grace, the graces, you know, the fullness of His grace you receive, it's all inside you. Now, all that grace that's inside you, if you'll walk, walk in it and operate in it, it'll come out of your mouth. That's called being perfected in Christ. And once those things are operative inside you and starts coming out of your mouth, then you are that perfect man. You're walking in perfectness, completeness. Charity is the bond of perfectness. That's why if you are speaking... Well, if charity is the bond of perfectness, and I'm speaking the truth, speaking the word in charity, agape, I'm a perfect man. It's the bond of perfectness. I don't offend anybody. Now, look what he said over here. Paul walked in a good conscience toward men and God. And herein do I exercise myself. Now, remember, over there in Hebrews, the fifth chapter, it talked about those that had need of uh, being taught again the first principles of the oracles of God. And they couldn't take the strong meat. They had to have the milk because they didn't, as of this time, exercise their senses to discern from good and evil. Look what Paul said here. Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense or void of offense toward God and toward men. Meaning that this man was walking in completeness. He has exercised himself. Now, very quickly, turn to that scripture. I want to point it out to you. Look at Hebrews, the fifth chapter again. Very quickly, hold that scripture right there. We get these nuggets of truth. You write them down. You take note of them. These are important scriptures. Fifth chapter, book of Hebrews. Here's what it says in verse 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age or mature, even those who by reason of use or habitual practice have their senses exercised. Paul said, I exercise myself. To discern both good and evil. In other words, he had learned how to see God as he truly is, how to see man as he truly is in Christ, how to see the sinner as he truly is in Satan, knowing he had to see each, you know, he had to see each person in Christ in the Spirit. He had to see each person who was out of Christ as who they were, the father or, or the child of their father, Satan, and on their way to destruction. And that's why he could just like Christ did. He said, I, he said they don't know what they're doing. He didn't judge them being outside of Christ like that. He knew they needed salvation. He exercised himself, his senses to discern right from wrong, good from evil. He did not offend neither God nor man. And if he didn't offend anybody, then he was walking with the tongue that was speaking the truth in love. So he was walking in completeness. Now, it's important you know this. If you do these things, you will please God. You say, well, what is the benefit of all this? I want to share with you the benefit of all this. Jesus never needed 
and this will bless your heart, a spiritual gift for himself. Jesus need, didn't need spiritual gifts to go into operation for himself. All he needed was this. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. But I know that you always hear me because I always do those things that are pleasing in your sight. That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. That you may say, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. I haven't had many manifestations of the Holy Spirit concerning myself and my family. My little BJ came in to bed last night. He was screaming for an inner ear infection. He kept pointing to it. Sound battered hurt on the side. He's crying so bad it woke him up. And we said, that's okay, sweetheart. Put your head on our pillow. Just looked up to heaven and said, Father, what Jesus bore, my baby need not bear. I thank thee that he's healed. Good night. It's gone. Hallelujah. I know about you. That thrills my heart. Get me to kicking up my heels and shouting and rejoicing. I never even thought about it until just now. Who needed, you know, why do we have to be like the children of Israel in the wilderness? They couldn't believe God until they saw a mountain move. They couldn't believe God until they saw smoke. They couldn't believe God, you know, to do something until they saw something. And didn't God get upset with them? Didn't the Father say, how many signs and wonders do I have to show you people before you believe me that I'm on your side? How many times do I have to show you? See? That's what he wants us to do. Grow up into him in such a way that we can look up and say, Father, I thank thee. What Jesus bore, my baby need not bear. You have heard me. Look at 1 John 3.22 with me. I'll show you what I'm talking about. And because you know you are pleasing to him, because you know you'd never talk about your neighbor or your brother or your sister, and you'd never hold on in your heart, and you'd never offend, at least not purposely. And if you, th if you did, then you would get on your knees and repent and say, my brother and my sister, forgive me. I was wrong if I've offended you in anything that I did. And you wouldn't wait a week. You'd do it instantly because that's how you want your children to be delivered instantly. You wouldn't hold a grudge because you don't want, you know, your children or yourself to suffer with anything in their body a long period of time. You just want to have it done instantly. And so you make sure you don't hold anything. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Don't hold anger. Don't hold anything in your heart. But walk with a pure heart towards God constantly by always repenting and asking for forgiveness. I told you and I mean it with all my heart. I get on my knees right here. If you said, brother, you offended me, I'd say, forgive me in Jesus' name. I'm sorry. Hallelujah. What else could I do? That's what I would do. If you wanted me to, I'd wash your feet. I mean that. You know why? Because when I look up and say, Father, what Jesus bore, my baby need not bear. Someone said to me one time, why don't you talk about other people? They talk about you. How come you don't say anything to these people? They say things about you. Doesn't that offend you that they called you all these names and did all these things? I said, sir, excuse me. I said, do you see my, two ki my three kids here? Yes, I do. I said, you see how nice and healthy they are? He said, yes. I said, I want them to stay that way. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I said. So, you can talk about me just as you please. I'll talk about you down on my knees. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah, amen. It works. It works. It works. I know it works. And the idea is to grow up to that place. And the more you walk in love, the quicker you grow up to that place. And the more you keep your mouth shut, be quick to hear, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, you're on your way to perfection. Where are we at? First John 3.22. Is that where we're at? Because here's what it actually is what it's saying. See, John... This great beloved apostle, we should study his writings. Oh. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. 
and do those things that are pleasing in His sight. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave His commandment. That's the ultimate walk of faith, is love. And I've walked in so much love towards you, see, that when I found out that I offended you, I got on my knees and asked your forgiveness. Someone says, why doesn't it work for me? Don't hold grudges. Why doesn't it work for me? Don't talk about your brothers and sisters. Don't talk about their lack of faith. Don't talk about their faith. Don't talk about anything. Talk about how beautiful they are in Christ. You're a beautiful person. I'm going to tell you something right now. Let's get away from this image of the mirror where we see the flesh in one another. I'll tell you something. Let's get rid of that. If I believe that all you people saw me in the flesh and I've got to see all you in the flesh, what's the use of sticking around? Let's just say, Father, take us home. Because that puts Christianity on a trying basis. I'm trying to act like Jesus. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to do this. and I'm trying. Forget all that trying business. It's not who you're trying to be. It's who you've been made and who you are. It's who I am now. I've been made perfect in Christ. Don't you see me perfect? I see you perfect. And I'll tell you what. You know why I see you perfect? So you can see me perfect. And if I see you perfect and you see me perfect, we're a bunch of perfect people. There's no problems. But what about what? See them perfect. See them in Christ. See them who they are. Now the mature person will do that. Now, over here, you see, that's how you get those things. When you walk in that love, a walk of love in such a way that you refuse to be offended in anything, I mean to tell you, your faith will work so fast, you'll be amazed. You might pinch your arm and say, was that me that prayed that prayer? But it'll be you, because your Heavenly Father will move on your behalf that quick. And since we're there, I think it's only... You know, well, we should point out this, this before I go any further. Jesus said, if you want to carry this train of thinking away from even the body of Christ and be able to take it to the people that hate you, your enemies, that despise you and use you, then he said you would be perfect. Are you ready for this? As your Father is in heaven. If you would love your enemies, speak well of those that speak evil of you, do good to those that hate you, but you don't know how He treats me. Buy them a flower. But you don't know what they did to me. Send them candy. But they don't like candy. Send them money. I don't know anybody that doesn't like money. <laughs> Do good to those that hate you. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Speak well of those that speak evil of you, that you may be perfect, complete, as not just Jesus this time. As your Father sits on His throne in heaven. Hallelujah. What a walk of faith. What a walk of love. To be actually an imitator of He that sitteth upon the throne. By loving my enemies. Speaking well of those that speak evil of me. You know, that's why some of you are here tonight. That's right. Because we spoke well of all those that were speaking evil of us. And because we did it, we allowed the Holy Spirit to move. Some of you got some tapes and you heard that God wanted you filled with the Holy Ghost. And because of the love of our speaking well of everybody around here, we never put down anybody. Because we keep speaking well of everybody, the Holy Spirit can move through that channel. And you start hearing those messages and you start... Hey, that's what the Bible says. See, and it was all because of love in motion. Because of love in motion. You heard the word. You heard the truth spoken in love. And bless God, you got a hold of it. Now, let's look at something else. Not only is that...
poor lack of control, but this is so important, so important. Mark this down as being another mark of incompleteness or another mark of immaturity or however you want to say it. Spiritually and emotionally immature by being easily hurt, can't stand competition, easily worried, or can't stand competition, easily offended, has many pity parties. Pity parties. Self-pity. Easily hurt. Easily offended. Has many pity parties. Now that's a person that is spiritually immature. Always having a conflict with fleshly things. Always offended if somebody does something better than they do. Always offended if someone else got called to sing, but I didn't. Always offended if somebody else got a blessing and I didn't get it. Easily hurt. Self-pity. Wallowing in self-pity. These are signs of immature Christians. These are signs of carnal Christians. People that need to grow up. You mark that down. On that side of the spectrum. And you'll find out that when you're, if you're easily hurt, if you're easily offended, then you could start making your move to get out of carnality and to get over into spiritual completeness. Now, on the other side, we've got some characteristics of the individual that's growing to maturity or he's a partaker of the meat of God's Word. Write it down. Spiritually and emotionally complete because they know how to take hurts and offenses for the Word's sake or for the Lord's sake and they do not retaliate but they pray for those that hurt them. Now, if you didn't get all that, you have to buy a tape. And... They do not have pity parties. They do not have pity parties. I refuse to get involved in a pity party. Always me. What are you doing today, brother or sister? I'm just indulging in my own self-pity. I'm just sitting back and, you know, complaining. Well, what's the problem? Well, I went to church this morning and Sister So-and-So sat where I always sit. <laughs> and I walked by and she didn't move. <laughs> oh, so what are you doing about it? I'm just going to sit here and sulk. Can you imagine such a thing? Somebody taking my chair? Somebody sitting in my pew? Can you imagine anything like that? How in the world is somebody going to grow up like that? How would you like to be called a cult leader? Someone sitting in your chair. But, you know, these are characteristics. Someone says, don't that bother you when they do that to you? I says, I don't got time to listen to that. I, I don't mind. I have a different train of thought, I think, than some people. I don't care what they say about me. I, I, can't, I care what he says about me. I don't care what anybody else says about me. You know, I, that's, that's all I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about what the Father says about me. Don't have any self-pity parties and and uh, get easily hurt and offended over things like that. You know, the Bible says that we're to walk in love. And love takes no account of the evil done to it. Pays no attention to a suffered wrong. I like that translation because if you think about it, it doesn't even pay any attention to it. It doesn't care what someone does wrong. 
Now, we're not saying that everybody, I mean, everybody in everyday life circumstances, you've been on top of every situation. But we are growing towards that. I have hit some situations, beloved, I was just, praise God, I did exactly what God's Word said. There's some others I wasn't so happy about what I did. So what I did, instead of having a pity party, I picked up my old basketball and shot it back in the hoop. Just because you missed the first time, you, you quit playing? Do you quit playing? We went to the game the other night. We saw Chris Domery play. I saw him miss a couple shots. Now, if I stopped right there, you'd say, well, he can't play basketball. He didn't stop shooting. Then he was the highest scorer. Actually, beat Midland. <laughs> and they gave him the write-up that he deserved. Now, can you imagine if he'd have just been like some of these that someone sat in their pew and walked over to the bench and sat down, didn't even sound the buzzer. And the coach says, what are you doing? I missed. <laughs> so what? They just scored four points while you're sitting here. We only got four men out there. What are you doing? I'm just going to wallow in my self-pity. But see, that's how some Christians are. And they don't, see, they don't even see that. They don't understand that. But I saw them getting right back out there and just shoot and shoot and shoot and start making them. Because he kept right on going. So whenever I miss the mark, I praise God that walking in love is 1 John 1, 9. Father, forgive this you know, fella, for what he did, in Jesus' name, the Son of the Blood, I will not be condemned. Pick up the ball and let's play. Hallelujah. See, that's part of the walk. That's part of growing up. This is really the area of growing up in the Spirit, spiritually. You look at the, all the epistles and all of Paul's writings are geared more towards our walking in love, walking as he walked, forgiving as he has forgiven us, walking in these things than anything else, keeping order in a family, order in a household, walking in who you are in Christ. And you see, all the other things will come because of your decision to walk in love. That's why I try to say, some people get on my case and say, well, now, brother, you belittle the Holy Spirit. I'm not belittling the Holy Spirit. If anything, I am exalting the Holy Spirit because to change somebody like you and me, it's got a big job for that Holy Ghost. But to use me in a gift of utterance, to use me to get somebody healed, that's nothing. But to change the way you act, to get that temper of yours and change that thing, to get you to forgive somebody that's done something to you, to get you to love somebody that hates you, that's a job. But if you just yield to love, it's, it's easy, it's simple. And I thank God that I learned this right away. Well, there's some more. Let's write some of these things down because we got to... I thought we just got started. I don't know where we went. Also, the milk, the milk drinker, there's some other marks of, of incompleteness. He demands his own rights. He demands his own rights. He can't stand competition. He worries a lot. He passes on gossip. He cannot cease from sin. Now listen, he cannot cease from sin. He worries, he gossips, can't stand competition, demands his own right. He cannot cease from sin or doing his own thing. And actually, the problem here is the fact that this, this person does not yet understand nor realize that there are two works of grace. One is called justification, one is called sanctification. Justification means just as if you've never sinned or taking you out of sin. Taking you out of sin. And sanctification is taking sin out of you. See, when you got saved, he took you out of the world. But sanctification is him taking the world out of you. You are influenced by the world system. You are influenced by wrongdoing. But then you were justified by God. You got saved just as if you never sinned. Now you are holy. But there are still some things that you do in your life that the Holy Spirit has to clean up. It's called sanctification. Getting the sin out of you. 
But this individual, he thinks he grows out of it in a sense that he's only reached a certain level of justification. In other words, I know that I'm holy and justified by God, but you see, I'm only this much sanctified. And if I'll pray long and hard enough, then I'll get this much sanctified. And if I get to be 51% sanctified, I am a candidate for the Holy Ghost. Yeah. I'm a candidate for the Holy Ghost and speaking with other tongues. Well, if that were the case, if you can get 51% sanctified with, without the Holy Ghost, why can't you get 49% the rest of the way without the Holy Ghost? So you see, Jesus is made unto you righteousness, justification, sanctification, and redemption. You are cleansed, you are justified, and you are sanctified. The sanctification process is a process of faith. If you'll just walk by who you are in Christ and start saying that you are righteous, holy, without spot, without blemish, without blame, before Him in love, and every time you miss it, just say, Father, forgive me in Jesus' name and pick it up and go on, then you're walking in sanctification. See, it's not, <clears throat> there's not any effort that way. It's faith. It's a walk of faith. And once you start learning how to do this by faith, beloved, you're going to get yourself into a position that somebody could come along and stick a needle in your arm or pinch you, and, beloved, it won't bother you. It'll be like this old flesh of yours can't even be hurt. It'll be so... You know, you, you know remember that woman? <clears throat> well, I guess you weren't there to hear it, but Brother T.L. Osborne would talk about a woman that was dragging herself because she was a paralyzed person, dragging herself on the ground, and the whole side of her leg was just like leather. You could pinch that leg and it wouldn't, she wouldn't even feel it. Somebody come along. You can get so walking in love. And you can get so walking in the things of God, especially in love, that somebody could come along and try to offend you with the words. Man, it was just like pinching that, that leg that was so full of leather. You know, like leather. Couldn't even affect it. Stuck a needle in it. Didn't even feel it. Once you start to walk, that's spiritual growth. How many know when I say, I mean... Uh, Use a term like, they got your goat. Someone just came up to you and said something to you, and I mean, boy, your hair was standing on edge. <laughs> you was just, oh, glory. And I mean, if you walked in the flesh, look out. I believe we can get so perfected in love, beloved, that when someone offends you and says something to you, you just walk the other way and just say, praise God. Your first reaction will be, I love you, brother. I love you, sister. What can I do? I mean, it doesn't even affect you. It doesn't even phase you. That's why I said when someone, when someone asked me that because they knew that all these names I was being called, you know, they says, doesn't that bother you? I says, I never even thought about that. I said, what do you mean, doesn't that bother me? I said, why should that bother me? I said, doesn't that, not even a little bit? And I says, what are you talking about? Doesn't it bother me a little bit? Tell me it bothers you a little bit. I says, I never even thought about it until you mentioned it. He said, you ain't human. I says, I'm human, but I'm walking in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we've got to just stop right there. And uh, we'll come back and refill our bottles up. Amen? Now, you start writing these things down and you develop yourself a system whereby you can find out who is the milk drinker, who is the meat eater, and decide that I am going to just finish up all these bottles of milk and get my belly prepared, you see, for meat. And if you don't think that God made provision for meat, look back there in Isaiah where he says, I'm going to give you a new weapon. I'm going to give you a new instrument. It's going to be a weapon having teeth. Babies need teeth to chew the meat. Hallelujah. That's right. That's what he was talking about. So you can grow up. See? But beloved, these are the things that's going to cause us to grow. Walking in love, changing the flesh nature, characteristic I should say, not the nature, 
characteristics of the flesh, putting off the old man, putting on the new man in such a way that you're not even offended at the littlest thing. And beloved, that number one thing of completion, remember that, you, you're not offended with words and you don't offend with words. On, con, on the con, on contrary, you know, you don't offend anybody with your words. You honor God with your words. You speak the truth in love with your words. It will promote your spiritual growth. It will put you in a position in Christ that whatsoever you ask, you receive. Let's all stand before the Lord. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.